Hello, loyal listeners. This is episode 23 of Free Love Cams, a podcast. This is the first of hopefully many in an interview series I'm tentatively calling the interview series. My first interview is Dan Van Note, who is an interviewer himself, and we get into that in the episode. Dan and I grew up together. He was born in Topsa, Maine, one town over from where I grew up. We worked together for one summer after my first year of college and right before Dan's first year of college. And he's currently earning an MA in Interdisciplinary Theater Studies at UW-Madison. It took me three shots at Interdisciplinary. Oh, yep. There it goes. Links to Dan and his works in the show notes. I am so excited to bring you this interview. It was a delight to do, a delight to listen back to as I was editing, and I really hope you love it. I'm still pretty inexperienced in the interview area, so feel free to email the show with your feedback, comments, suggestions. (laughs) Uh, Lord knows I could use any good advice. Follow us on social media. Links in the show notes to all of our stuff, how to contact us, how to follow us. We're really funny on social media, so you should probably get on board and obviously follow Dan and check out his work. Without further ado, here is Dan Van Note, the first in the interview series. one point my boss was like I can see the names of everyone's zooms like zoom meetings so it's really like fun to see what everyone is up to wow and I was like what (laughs) (laughs) excuse me that's terrible oh my god now I just just have to know every interaction you have with every person on earth who's not in your house (laughs) yeah seriously so I was just like I'm gonna record all of these things to to my computer and not to the cloud because I don't know I don't know who's up there don't it's Russia, it's your boss, it's everyone. <laughs> um, hello. Okay, I am nervous because I've never interviewed someone before, but I want you to be my first interview because you have all of this experience uh, being an interviewer. Mm-hmm. And I just, okay. Oh, boy. Well, that's a terrible my... choice. You should have chosen someone who did, who had never done any interviews before and then <laughs> you were the authority. Then it would have just been smooth sailing, but no. <laughs> Instead, this is the kind of quality I'm bringing to my guests. I would like people to hear me sound like this. <laughs> um, okay. I, I'm also, I'm now just considering all of these things I hadn't considered. Like, people don't know who you are. Uh, I don't know who you are. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just working out my nerves on air. Wow. Okay. Isn't it hard to interview somebody? It is, because I also, like, Haley and I get extremely personal, 
And we always have done that from the jump. And so I I think that's what I appreciate about our show and I think what people, other people appreciate about it. Um, but I also don't want to be like, hi, welcome to this audience. Audience, meet this person you don't know. I'm about to ask them some extremely personal questions. That's all I try to do. I try to, if I don't know where to start, I always say, so are you in love? What's going on? I, okay, this is, um, <laughs> this, this is perfect. That's exactly where I want to start. So, um, Dan is here doing this interview with me. Uh, there, there may come a time soon where we need some, uh, free live cams need some extra episodes and some, uh, content to fall back on. So, I thought an interview series could be fun because I have some amazing friends who are queer and do amazing work. So Dan is my first call because he hosts the Dan Talks podcast where he interviews uh, queer only people, mostly queer people. Do you try and stick to queerness? I tell me, tend to, tell me I about try your to reach out to a lot of people and um, it's I tend to go towards the gays and the queers um, just because there's like a, I, I, between who I reach out to and who reaches back, who like responds to me, that's usually the common denominator. I tried, especially during the election, to get as many like conservative Trump something. There's a there's like a conservative drag queen who like is a Trump supporter, and I'm like I need to talk to you, and or like people from high school, and I just get a lot of no's from conservative. So it ends up being a big sort of liberal love fest, which is you know fine. Which is fine. Um... Okay, okay, before we get too far down this road, I'm, I, I want to go in so many different directions. I think I have allergies. I took an allergy pill this morning, and I've just been, like, very wound up the whole day. I'm and not going to help. <laughs> I'm going to blame it on the allergy pill as opposed to literally anything else that it could possibly be that I have going on in my life. Uh, so my name is Jay. I use they, them pronouns. Uh, when I was in high school, I ran the 100, the 200, the 400, and only got suckered into cross country because of my crushes on boys. And I regret it. <laughs> uh, my name is Dan. I use he, him pronouns, and I was also a runner in high school. I remember asking Coach Fournier for advice on how to run the 800 because it's the longest track event where you don't have your own lane, so there's a, a element of strategy to it like when you cut in etc and I asked her what the best strategy was and she said it's two laps <laughs> and I'm like okay thanks thanks so much but I thought about that with other things too like I have this project ahead of me how do I do this it's like well it's that's the project oh my god that's fucking iconic for one I know right it's two laps it's like so demeaning it's two laps so dismissive so matter uh, of fact incredible wow and it really superb advice actually mm -hmm. uh, that is amazing um, <laughs> what's great about our relationship I feel like is we didn't know each other back then until we coached together in was it 2010 yeah summer before I went to college the summer before you went to college mm -hmm. Wait, what year did you graduate high school? 2010. Or maybe it was two years. Maybe it was the 2009 and 2010. Did we work together two years? I feel like it was just the one year. Okay, maybe it was just the one. But but it would have been 2010 for sure. I remember that. Summer before... Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> because it was the summer 
after my first year of school. Yes. Okay. In my brain, yes. I, I doubled that math when I didn't need to. And I was like, you're two years younger than me? Really? I didn't even realize that. But you're not. That's not it's not true. Not right. that it matters. Also, you cross the threshold at some point and like that one to two year age difference. We're in whatever the post is. We're in the post period. now. We're in the post. We're in the post period. I agree. Um, were you out when we were coaching together? Absolutely not. No. Tell me. No. Tell me your. Tell me your story. Do you prefer gay, queer? What's I prefer your... gay unless I'm around smart people and then I say queer. <laughs> or like I, or from in a, being in grad school in an academic setting, I say queer about myself. Uh huh. And also, it's like queer studies is a whole field. So I, I use queer for like people who have clear rimmed glasses like us. That's true. I was admiring. <laughs> I was admiring our look. Um, so, no, I was not out. I wasn't out to myself until I was, like, 20 and studied abroad. Really? Yeah. That's so interesting. What What was it that finally did it? Um, I was on the other side of the world, and I was going to gay bars, and I was interacting with gay men and practicing Chinese, and they thought I was gorgeous because they love white people even more than they love them here. And um, <laughs> it was a great place to be gay, or a great place to, like, go to a gay bar as me because the drinks were super cheap the boys were cute and it was like it was really fun ideal yeah it was ideal and um and my room looked out over the city sort of or like had mm -hmm. a, a big view and I remember thinking I watched a lot of Oprah videos a lot of Yon Levon's aunt videos Van's aunt videos and um and I was like you know if I only watch gay porn I'm probably a gay person <laughs> <laughs> So I That's really, it, isn't it? Yeah, I was like, probably, I was like, I love, and just, then you just look back and you're like, wow, I really did all those things. Or wow, like, I really did all those things, yeah. Begged for the Britney Spears CD, choreographed my friends, you know, ran tracks, pretty gay, cross country, definitely gay. Yeah, you know, I have those feelings too. I think it's because it's such an abysmal activity. There's no, there's, it's funny because there's no glamour to it. It's very no. sort of like I'm out on my own in a team. I don't, I think it attracts a lot of queers and weirdos. Yeah. Because it's also, um, it, any sort of endurance sport in particular, like swimming and running where you're using your whole body, it's a mental discipline. So I feel like you have to be kind of up there in your head already in some capacity uh which doesn't necessarily directly imply queerness but i definitely feel like the queer people i know are pretty up there <laughs> yes well i think queer people have an interior life before it's i, I don't know this is overgeneralizing but i think there's an interior life that happens and then at some point the work becomes integrating your interior life with your exterior life mm. i think there's something particular about queerness that does that. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, straight people get married and figure out how to live with somebody, blah, blah, blah. Queer people grow up and learn how to live with themselves and not, like, hate themselves. It's, mm. like, kind of harder. Damn, it's been ten minutes and we're in it. <laughs> That's exactly... It's nine years, okay? <laughs> I'm so... I'm so excited. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, wow. I'm just, like... Wow, those words in that order, huh? <laughs> Amazing. Incredible. Okay, this is so good. Um, so you didn't come out until you were 20. And then 
Where did you, you went to Davidson, mm-hmm. which is in Georgia? North Carolina, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same. A shot in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I know very little about North Carolina. What made you choose Davidson? Uh, I, I felt the most at home there. We did like a southern trip, and I didn't really care if I went to a big school, small school. I just wanted to go south, which could have really? been Boston. <laughs> Fair. I just wanted south of Maine. So, like, Boston and below. Boston and town. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we just visited, and I loved it. And I was like, oh, this is where I should go to college. It's like, it's small and smart and cool. And um, I remember I liked that the girls wore dresses on weekdays when we were there. Huh. It was like April, and they were like wearing dresses. And, like, girls never wore dresses in Thompson Brunswick, no. Mid Coast, Maine area. No, they did not. <laughs> No. And girls wearing dresses on Tuesday, and I'm like, you know, and with my dad, it's sort of like, oh, that, they're pretty. And you were like, but I want to wear dresses on Tuesday. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, what did you study? I majored in anthropology and minored in economics. What? Really? I was yes. I was asking that question, being like, I know the answer to this question. Um, I did not know the answer to this question. What did I you guess. think it was? Well, I thought you studied dance because when we reconnected post college, it was through your performance work. So I just right. kind of assumed that that's what yes. you've been doing. They had a big dance, uh, like extracurricular program, and they hired oh. their first professor the first year I was there. So I did like as much dance as I could there. It was great because I kind of got to be a big fish in a small pond by the end. Love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now you are in graduate school. Mm hmm. Studying interdisciplinary theater studies. Amazing. <laughs> gay. Gay, gay, gay. I'm scared. I'm trying. <laughs> um, I I love this. I'm I'm so glad to see you. Okay, so what what kicked off my whole this whole ramble is when you said, you know, ten minutes ago that uh, when you don't know where to start, you ask people if they're in love. And mm-hmm. I I'm so grateful because we ran into each other on the street mm-hmm. a few years. I guess it was, it would have been, no, it was like <laughs> it just like a, years ago. No, it was like just a year ago because it was right before mm-hmm. quarantine. You were seeing Yo-Yo Ma, right? No, no. it was um, uh, Beethoven 9 on period right. instruments. Uh, yes. Uh, which was my last live music performance before coronavirus. Thank God it was that. Mm-hmm. It was. It has been enough to sustain me all of this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we ran into each other on the street, and it was just like this immediate reconnection. And I remember so distinctly you asked if I was in love, and I wanted so much to say yes because just the joy at seeing you and your joy in the question, and I just wanted to be like, of course I am. And I was like, no. <laughs> But it was right. so beautiful, and it was such a beautiful moment. And I, when did you? Okay, my question is: When did you start asking that question? Why is it interesting to you? And what is the context of why you ask that question? Tell me about your show. Tell me about. Tell me about all of that. Um, I think I, uh, I don't know when I started. It's it's. I liked. I figured out early on. I think in college that asking blunt questions at parties is like fun and usually in like in the context of drinking where it's like yeah. just like like personal questions 
that are like totally out of the blue. It just like catches people off guard, but in a lovely way because everybody sort of wants to be. I don't know. I was about to say everyone wants to be interrogated. I don't think that's right, but I think people want someone to be really curious about them. Yes. And like, are you in love right now? Is like an extremely intimate sort of question, but mm-hmm. everyone is like. And the reason I think it's intimate is that I think you keep you kind of either are or you aren't. And, and I, I try to tell people, I don't care if you're in love with your work or not. Like, are you in love with a person or not? Because mm-hmm. everyone knows if you've been in love with a person, it's like flowers, like the world. And then when you're not, it's like real life. So it's like, am I dealing with a real person or am I dealing with someone in flower land? And either one is kind of like fun. Yes. Good. Yes. Uh, and where do you have the opportunity to ask people such a question? Uh, now, rarely, but Dan Talks was a great uh, platform for that. It's been in hibernation since March 1 because I've run out of storage on my computer. That's like a not great storyline, but that's why it's like been axed for like I've two been, months. I, I've been wondering. <laughs> I'm fully jammed. Like the the printing press of the podcast is fully jammed, and I'm fully like I, I don't know how to do this. So that's like a whole project. Um, but Dan Talks was a big outlet for it, and I was like, I want to talk to people about interesting things, love, sex, money, work, current events, pop culture, and um, and when I don't really know what to ask, I usually I ask that. I love that. What um, I think starting a podcast or a project or anything that involves communicating with that people. <laughs> what? Totally. It's about communicating what? with that people. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth am I trying to say? What What am I trying to be right now? I don't even know what. It's like, really hard. What what model of interviewer I'm trying to imitate? I have no frame of reference for how I'm behaving right now. It's very concerning. Uh, <laughs> but this I, is good. Oprah doesn't use notes. She never. If you notice, she has no cards. She never looks down. She's always like responding to me. The and notes. Oprah are the same, basically. Yes. Yes. The same level of quality. Yes, you you're of the same school, interviewer school. Uh, that is such a specific way of communicating with someone, interacting with someone, getting to know someone. And I think it's so interesting that that is what you decided to do. What, like, why? Like, how did you, tell me the origin story of, of Dan Talks. Um, I would like, or I like to um, make connections with people that I, I don't want to say I like people because I, you know, it's like who, everyone likes people. I well, like, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> I like talking to particular people about particular things that only okay. they could a conversation you could only have with this person. Mm, okay. Um, and I enjoyed meeting new people so much that I and I could tell that they sort of enjoyed interacting with me, if as potentially narcissistic as that sounds. Huh. But I, I knew there was like an energy that was created that I could help facilitate, and I was like, well, podcasts are definitely a platform for that, and. Yeah. A, it turns out doing it two years and two months or three months um, more people will say yes than you think and so I got to meet like really interesting people are you finding like like strangers I feel like I've listened to a couple episodes where you're like oh I DM'd you on Instagram and, and now you're here and that is like beyond for that's me like is. that's amazing well for every DM that's answered it's like 10 that are not you know and then people are just like, yeah, I'll talk to you. Some people that say, seems yeah. crazy. 
it's for not them, sane. not for you. It's not sane. <laughs> I think but people yeah. want platforms. People want someone to ask, and like, why not? Uh, wanting people to, yeah, that mm, that's something I've been thinking a lot about in the context of feelings and emotions lately. Like, <laughs> it's my podcast. I can get emotional if I want, and I say that sometimes it's really hard when you want people to ask about your feelings and no one is doing it. And so, yes, I understand the compulsion to be on an interview show. Yes. You want someone to ask you how you are. Yeah. And then listen. How are you? I'm fine. Yeah. Are you vaxxed? I'm not. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, I am vaxxed. I'm vaxxed and waxed. I'm not waxed, but I'm, uh, overwhelmed. I'm spiritually Overwhelmed waxed. how? Yeah, I'm vaxxed and overwhelmed. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's like finals time of grad school. It's it's wild, and it's combined with my like teaching assistantship and a gradership. I grade a lot of undergraduate students, and it's um, grading is exhausting. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's how I am. But how are you? It sounds like no one's asked you. I'm starved for attention, and getting it in all the the wrong ways. It's fine. What I how need you, to how are you getting in the wrong way? Are you? It's just, it's just. I just want to kiss. I want to be kissing. Yes. And there's minimal opportunity for kissing right now. Are you vaxxed up? I'm half vaxxed, caffeinated, uh-huh. if you will. <laughs> uh, my friend Rebecca has, is trying to coin that term. Uh, That's so good. I'm trying to spread the word on her behalf. Caffeinated. Okay. Uh, so we're getting there. We are getting there, and I have mm-hmm. like a trip planned for in a safe amount of time after the vaccine so mm-hmm. um we are trying we are getting there wheezing but, you alone yes yeah. the royal we <laughs> yes and all my potential kissing partners mm-hmm. um yeah i think interacting with someone in the interview it's such a i think you made a point about it being narcissistic earlier which i think fundamentally it has to be but I don't think that in a bad way. But I also am the kind of person who doesn't think selfishness and self-involvedness generally is a negative thing. Um, and so I, I think you're, I think you're right. And I, I love that you are the kind of person who wants to put other people in that place where they get to talk about themselves, and you get to listen. Like I think that's so beautiful and generous of you to be a listener. Um, because I, that is not my impulse always, to be generous with people. Um, and so I, I love and admire that trait in Thank others. You. Thank you. The best interview I ever did was with a cattle farmer in Kansas. Because I went, I went to the geographic center of the United States. Okay. Which is in um, a place called Lebanon, Kansas. Okay. And it's like this t- little park that's in like a cow farm. That's not what it's called cattle farm and um, I wanted someone to take my picture and there's like a little like barn thing and I like went in and it was very it's kind of sketchy of me because like I went into their property and everything and was fully like hello and like two brothers came out and it's like Travis and um, I forget his brother's name but anyway took the photo of me and then they saw me sitting there in the park for a long time because I brought like a can of Bud Light because I'm like I'm here and he was like, do you want to see the cattle? And I'm like, yeah. Yes. I brought his truck and showed me around. And then the next day, he's like, uh, anyway, long story short, we started the interview. And then I came back and we did it in his truck. It was great. In the truck? Yes. He was full. Uh, like, we got to the end of the, the 
the tour of the farm and he said can I ask you a question because I was making like jokes about the bulls the whole time and like like bull barn would be a great gay bar and like all this stuff like trying to take his temperature a little bit bull barn would would yeah yeah isn't that a great one yeah great. it is and um and we got to the end and he's like can I ask you a personal spiritual question and I was like here it comes and he said when you die how do you know if you're going to heaven or hell and I was like well you know I don't really think it's like either or whatever He's like, okay, well, uh, okay. And I was like, do you want to talk more about this? Like, tomorrow I have a podcast. Like, I can record it here. And he's like, okay, yeah. And we did, and it was great. He, like, fundamentally disagrees with, like, my lifestyle and all this stuff. But, like, we super laughed a lot, and it was, like, it was cool. <sighs> Amazing. Um, I – weren't you afraid? Were you afraid? I don't want to make assumptions. I am afraid – for you retroactively in that situation um were you afraid if yes how did you get over it uh and if not how on earth were you not at least a little nervous you know what i mean uh i was very very nervous mostly nervous about like a gun or something mm. um like trespasser or something sure but, um the, the, the other thing is i could tell not a lot happened there mm. <laughs> in the middle of very very rural north central kansas and i was like I, and also, like, my whiteness and maleness, I think, protected me in a lot of ways. We're like, who's this guy? And you were, like, just a guy. Right. I'm like, I'm really just a guy, and what's the best bar in town to go to? Like, don't go. Okay. <laughs> There's one uh, bar, and it's a mess. Um, and you still... Mm, amazing. I, yeah, I don't really have anything to say. I just want to sort of live in that moment. Uh, incredible. You are incredible. I am in awe of you. Goodness gracious. What would I have done? I don't know. Probably not stopped. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Are you on TikTok? That question, the question has a context, I promise. I see it on Instagram. Okay. So there's a TikTok trend going around uh, where it's it's a, an evolution of the meme, women want me, fish fear me. Uh, so it has started with people like kind of deadpanning the camera and being like, women want me, fish fear me. And then the next part on the TikTok is lately in my life, I've been spending a lot of mental energy worrying about whatever. And you fill in the blank. So it has now evolved instead of women and fish. It's it's all kinds of different things. Um, so every time I'm having these conversations, re- <laughs> conversations with anyone recently, I am starting them with lately in my life I've been spending a lot of mental energy wondering about this that or the other thing and it just it's it, like the meme has evolved so much that it doesn't really make any sense um, so anyway all that context to say uh, lately in my life I've been spending a lot of mental energy worrying about uh, conversations and how to communicate with people and how to um, give grace when listening to people and in, in particular I am a trans non-binary person on the internet and so there's a lot that I see that I wish I didn't have to see there's a lot that I see that I am glad that I saw so I can think about it internalize it respond to it Um, but then I also don't have a lot of opportunity to face to face with someone who would say those things on the internet and I know the internet and this you know a farm in in Kansas is a kind of a different context, but I think the idea is the same. And I like to think that I would have been as generous as you were, but 
I don't know if, if fear would have overrode that personal desire, I guess. Yeah, I think it's this healthy separation between, like, you think this about me, and also that doesn't affect me at all. I mean, the, mm. the, the sort of crux is, is when someone's words or actions do affect you in your life. Right. I was on a vacation in Kansas from New York on purpose to go to the opposite of New York. And... And I was, like, curious, like, oh, you really think that I might go to... I was, like, fascinated with the... Mm, like, with the you premise. Think that I am going to hell. He's like, well, I don't... There's, like, no other way. And I'm like, you really... There's, like, no other way. He's like, yeah, there's not. And I'm like, that is okay. wild. Okay. <laughs> like, at least it's warm, uh, you know? <laughs> Coming from Maine. And the other gays will be there. You know, that would be fun. Yeah, that's true. We'll all kind of be convening. Yeah, at some point for the end of the world and our final. But there's judgment. no need to. There's no need to be in dialogue with people who are dedicated to not understanding you. Yeah, and it seems like you know to give credit where credit is due. This person on the other side also like was generous with his time and yes, and sort of you know trying to see things from the flip there as well. Um, why Kansas? You, you, because of the geographic yes center. You said that was yeah. the goal. Yes. Uh, how long were you there? And did you did you drive? Did you fly? It was like four days, and I flew to um, with, not Wichita to um, Omaha, and rented a car and drove and stayed in a motel. And I turned my phone off for the entire from when I left my apartment in New York till I got back. Amazing. I just turned it on for the pod to record it. Wow. It was great. Do you like uh, Do you like being alone? Yes. Do you prefer being alone? Uh, for most of the time. <laughs> That's valid. Um, are you in love? Um, I'm like sort of getting there. Sort of getting there. Yeah, I'm seeing somebody, and it's um, and it's nice. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to stay where you are? Is this this is the end end of grad school for you, or just the end of the semester? This is the end of the first year of two. The end of the masters. first year of two. Mm-hmm. Um, are you staying put for the summer? Did you stay? Did you? When did you go there? Did you go the summer before, or because it was also Corona a year ago? Right, this past August, I moved during the Corona Rita. Not good. That sucks. <laughs> I drove a U-Haul from Astoria to Madison, Wisconsin, with all of my earthly possessions. It, yeah, I feel that way still. I'm just I'm 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 bulking in gay. I'm am doing very gay hand gestures, just fanning myself. Very stressed mm-hmm. out on your behalf. Thank Again, you. retroactively stressed on your behalf. Thank you. Uh, and you're planning to just kind of. I mean, it doesn't make sense to like leave for the summer and then come back. Um, but you're planning on staying. Yes, I'm planning on staying. It. And um, you know, there, I'm going back to me for family vacation. There's a bachelor party there's a wedding you know the straights are rearing their ugly heads <laughs> here they come October wedding August bachelor party put them away put it's... them put them away let them let them let let us be honestly yes all the weddings I'm very excited it's my brother my best friend from high school it's very nice that's great um, but you know here they go here they go mm. I have I have one in September that I'm uh-huh. very excited about um, but it's Straight also in, it's all no. Oh, thank God. 
Uh, At least you have that. No, wait. It is a straight wedding. Oh, it is. It's not. I thought you were saying, was it a gay wedding? No, not a gay wedding. No, was it a straight wedding? It is a straight wedding. But I'm still still excited. Um, (laughs) Shout out to the straights. But it's in Missouri. But I've never been to Missouri. No one has. (laughs) That's a good point. I don't think I know anyone. No one we know has. No one we know has. Because, anyway, shout It'll, out to Missouri listeners. I know. I hope we have some. We love games. Yeah, I'm very excited. But it's, um, yeah, this whole year is like the one-year celebrations of all the weddings that didn't happen last year. Uh, right. And just generally, like, my hot political topic <laughs> to discuss. I can't wait. Is that I think gay people should get to jump the line on all the vaccine appointments because we have pride coming up. So it's we have like two more weeks before we have to get our first vax, so we have enough time afterwards to be safe mm-hmm. for the entire month of June. Mm-hmm. So um, sorry again for being provocative, but I really do think like straight people should wait. <laughs> um, excuse me, it's like the the meme of the guy with the photocopier. Excuse me, I'm gay. Yeah, and I'm just like waving a flag, like. Mm-hmm running up and down the street and like the old folks and the sick folks have gotten vaccinated but like if you are healthy and straight and young like get to the back of the line i'm sorry we gave up one pride and we should not have to give up two because people are trying to get vaccinated get <laughs> be shot. healthy support their community <laughs> please you want to support your community come out okay be gay <laughs> be out gay be trans be queer be something. Venmo Change me something. $10. Venmo me $10. I was just, um, I was in D.C. this past weekend and was editing on the train ride home. And the entire last, like, five minutes of the episode that's coming out next week is Haley and I just being like, Venmo someone trans $10 right now. Uh-huh. And I think that's that's just what I'm going to do every time I'm on a microphone, period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who does that sometimes when I'm like stressed out about X Y Z or, and then he'll ven- Venmo me like, "Hey, get a coffee on me." And sometimes it hits really great, and then other times I'm like, "I'm not your charity," you know. <laughs> but most of the time, I mean, I have a pang of "I'm not your charity," and then I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna go to Starbucks now." But actually, I really could use some Starbucks yeah, though. Yeah. yeah. So and please I keep just, going, Josh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I I love that because I, again, I don't necessarily have that instinct. Um, of generosity, but um, I need to plug in my computer. Take a breath. Mm-hmm. I have too many. I have like eight screens on my desk. But now I have to plug in my other computer. That sounds so. par for the course. It's really hard being a corporate drone. <laughs> and I'm definitely one of those guys who was like, I'm going to buy more equipment and it's going to make me feel better. About what? I don't know. Something. Huh? Something. <laughs> The, the tech queers are an interesting breed. You know, I really... The lighting booth. Yeah. The tech designer. The, like, the back-end people. I love spending money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was um, talking in a group chat where I was like, can someone recommend me a pair of sneakers to buy? Because when I go back to the office, I would like my entire wardrobe to be a sort of subtle 
display of my wealth and confidence. And if yes. someone can talk me through what shoes to buy, because I think I've like got a pretty good handle on the rest of it. Have you heard all, all like the billionaires in Manhattan wear the New Balance like tacky dad sneakers? Billionaires look like schmucks because they don't have to. Which, I, I mean, I conceptually get it. I do get it. But I also am like, clothing is the first thing that I would spend lots of money on if I had like copious amounts of wealth. Uh-huh, yeah. Because I'm weird. I'm weirdly shaped. Uh-huh. So if I could get like custom bottoms. Mm-hmm. And then, you know. Another great gay bar name. <laughs> Are you a top or a bottom? Uh, the world. I don't identify as either. I really? guess I would identify as versatile, but Good even that feels a bit odd. And the full I, term, I, the full term versatile is is not something you see very often either. That's interesting. Well, <laughs> just a verse. Yeah. To be cooler. Yeah. I'm versatile. I just think the whole. I remember entering into gay world and being like, "Oh, people really say I am this," and and I thought that when you, I thought the part of the benefits package was that it's all like like a, the back half of my body opened up and so now we're like both are open you know <laughs> I thought that was part of it but you know mm, interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that um, my listeners know that I'm canonically a bottom so mm-hmm. you know it is what well, it is to, I am to my own self be true I've, em- I've embraced it I spent mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of time trying to to be a top not I can't do it it's exhausting <laughs> I had to do it like two months ago and I'm still recovering like truly so catching your breath <laughs> truly still recovering respect to the tops out there I could never I mean I don't have any respect for any tops out there but that's also that's also valid though <laughs> yeah, so starting get charity for hedge funders and tops <laughs> see how much money you can raise eight dollars and mm-hmm. it's from one of them yeah, exactly. It's the fees that they charge for you to text them. Seriously. Oh, my God. I have uh, been considering getting back on dating apps lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I also... I love this period. I love this cusp Ugh. period because there's a glimmer of hope in it. A little bit. But then I also, like, one, I'm so anxious. Two, I don't really like dating. I think I I don't... Wait, what are you anxious? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, please. No, this is great. What are you anxious? Because I've had this conversation. What are you anxious about? I get very nervous around new people. The the physical encounter or just even the messaging? um, Physical encounter. Because I, Uh when I can, can, when I can think of something to say, I can be very smart and funny and charming. It's when I'm in person and I can't stop myself from saying the first thing. Because then 15 minutes go by and I'm giving someone a, a TikTok lecture because I need them to understand the context of my joke that isn't going to be funny. When uh-huh. I say lately in my life, I've been considering, you know, that uh-huh. doesn't always land uh-huh. on a first date. Do you find yourself um, being curious about the other person or self-conscious about what you're saying? I think... I think what I wish is that I was better at doing what you do, which is facilitating conversation. Because I think I am very... It's hard on a date. I'm very comfortable talking about myself. So when I get a question, I will talk for 20 minutes without even trying, and then I get embarrassed, and then I'll probably drink more. And 
I don't have a lot of skill in saying, now you go. Uh And I don't think a lot of people that I meet are able to go without the prompting, if that makes sense. So I feel like I come off as I only want to talk about myself, but it comes from a place of stress. And Because uh, if you don't talk, they won't talk? Or like they won't fill the space? Possibly. Usually. A lot of times it's that. And then also it's like I want someone to just talk back to me or interrupt me while I'm talking because I will... <laughs> Sometimes I find myself making the same point like three times in a row just because I can't stop myself. Mm-hmm. And I just need someone who can be like, got it. And this, what about this? Or, oh, I feel that same way. Or you said something a few minutes ago and respond to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's a, a date, especially a first or second date, can be very like, my name is Jay. I ran track in high school. What do you do when you were a teenager? And that's, it's very can be challenging to get into that rhythm with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I also am someone who overshares because mm-hmm. I don't really believe in the bounds of intimacy necessarily. Like, I'm going to talk about my daddy issues, my depression, and You're my... You're saying that unironically, that you don't believe in the bounds of intimacy. Correct. Okay, yeah. So that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could so be there something. Is no, so, yeah. So there is no that intimacy could, with that boundary. That could be something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. So it's like, I am. I am ready to have like those really deep conversations right away because I don't care. I don't feel like those things are sacred and I also have learned that like if you can project your concerns about yourself, then they it's not something to be discovered or embarrassed about. So if I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm depressed and I don't sleep and uh I'm a yahoo, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm a nonsense person. <laughs> Like, if you lead with that, then that's honest. Mm -hmm. And my biggest concern is meeting someone and then getting to know them and then be like, I didn't sign on for this. That's really my biggest worry is people actually get to know me. They go on a third date with me and they're like, oh, you weren't making a joke about this. You were being serious about this. And I'm like, Uh yeah, (laughs) Uh I was. Uh And you should have gotten that because I talked about it for 25 minutes while chugging a beer at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why I can't, because I, then it, then I just get two in my head. And also, pretty women, you've not, you don't, this may be not an impulse, but when you talk to a woman. Yeah, women are beautiful. They're just the best. They're, oh. they're, they're great. Um, I mean, on, on mass, women are better partners than men. And that's just a fact. And it, I just, and I it, now it's spring and like even you talking about the dresses on Tuesday I'm like mm, nice <laughs> right that sounds pretty chill mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yes so that's that's why I'm in the cusp because I I think about all of the things I think about how it's going to feel to come home alone after being like wow I really made an ass of myself out there tonight hmm that's interesting yeah have you ever met someone like okay. First, the person you're seeing, did you meet online? Did you meet in person? Did yes. you meet through school? Met online. You met online. Mm-hmm. Have you ever met someone in person? Like at um, a bar? I've had a couple. Um, I had one guy I met on the subway that I went a few dates with, and that's like my best like New York date story. We had like made eyes at each other. I what? Kind of sat next to him. What's your name? Text, like exchanging numbers, get off, 
I got off. He like, and then I texted him. We made up for. Oh my god. Drinks, and then we made up, made up for dinner, and yeah. But I mean, then it, you know, <laughs> at one point he asked me, uh, "So do you have like friends?" Because he had like a big group of gay friends, and I'm like, "I mean, I go to work." <laughs> and he's like, "I just feel like you don't really have that many friends," and that was our last date. Yeah, I I would say so. Yeah. On the subway, which train? Uh, it was on the N train going to Astoria. Huh. Mm-hmm. Where I do the know. Where do the Queens gays hang out? The Queens gays hang out at Icon, where Jansport had her rise to fame on RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, Icon is a great like oh small neighborhood gay bar in Astoria, and also um, Albatross is the like more divey one that I haven't been to, but my friend Petty Cash is a queen that has a night there. I think drag queens tend to know people. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It's their job um, to kind of know people. All you gays know each other, right? You all, it's all the um, same. There's, You've there's all very met. few degrees of separation. When there was the lockdown that happened and everyone was spent time in Astoria, I would like go on runs or I'd go on a walk. Like when there's no bar to go to, people are going, I mean, it's a real, it's like, it feels exactly like in high school when they turn the lights on at the end of the dance and you're like, oh my God. Oh, so you now, that's what you... Oh, okay, yeah. I get it. This is what it. you yeah. look like at 10 a.m. Okay, interesting. <laughs> just taking notes, like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hmm, don't go outside at 10 a.m. anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, like, get more dressed up at 10 a.m. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I never... Today's a funny day to be talking about this, but I, I like, really tried the, like back when I thought it was cis, LOL, RAP, those days, um, being, like, a queer woman in Brooklyn and mm-hmm. went to, like, queer Brooklyn women's events. And the people I was going to those events with were definitely a part of the, like, C and B scene circuit, but I wasn't because I was, like, the weird bisexual who was uncomfortable and trying to be cis. Uh, looking back, it all makes sense now. But, yeah, I feel like I never had that like queer community but I also don't go out and not to not to imply that you do or you have or you know but just r- related to the this conversation that we're having like I don't know and I like maybe I wanted that and didn't get it maybe I wish I still could have it I don't know I feel like this summer is going to be kind of a an opportunity to experience those kinds of things mm-hmm. and like not take having an in-person community space for granted. Right. Um, and I also feel like I'm, I'm much more comfortable in the city now, which was part of it. And mm-hmm. like, you know, not that every weekend I'm going to go out and then take an Uber home for $30, but every so often being less afraid to be like, I don't want to stay out late because I don't want to take an Uber home. So I'm going to take the subway and then I don't want to stay out too late because I don't want to feel uncomfortable. But I feel like now I'm just like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. And it's hard to go out alone, too. And, like, the big, yeah. and I also didn't really go out. I wish I did more. But, you know, between money and just, like, having a body with so much energy and taking public transit, it's, like, you get beaten down. Yeah. So it's hard to, like, get beaten down and then, like, a shower, take a diff, put on a different outfit, go to somewhere else, pay more money, get drunk, find a way home, and, and like, maybe find your husband. Like, it's all very <laughs> difficult to, like, do all those things. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I feel like New York is the best because you can do that, but also it's the worst because it. I felt like I should have been doing that 
but also I was like I'm very tired and I'm trying to do grad school and do good at it and now I, I live in Queens and it's very far away from any of these but I literally wrote down those two bars because I'm I don't know I, I moved here you live by was, an express train that's true that's I mean God bless the seven train amen yeah. Uh, yeah I feel like I moved here and was traveling a lot from August to February and then all of this happened and so this whole first year has been really nice because I've been able to like stabilize mm-hmm. and get to know my neighborhood and get to know tra- like get to know my locality more mm-hmm. um, and yeah I'm very excited to start exploring like queer things and queer spaces mm-hmm. around where I am it's fun because it feels like it could be in Brunswick, Maine or something but it's in yeah Astoria I wish we well, okay so what we should do is take a trip back to Maine and do gay stuff together I mean have you ever been to a gunquit that's that, the gay fire island that's the fire island of Maine did you know that that's the craziest thing anyone on planet earth since the heat birth of the universe has ever said that's ridiculous a gunquit and Hollowell are like gay places since when and according to who? To, Only I'm like upset because no one has I did told this, me. This like five years I'm ago. not, I was like, I'm are not there upset. Gay in Maine? I'm not upset at you. I'm upset at everyone else. <laughs> yeah, like no one told me you were not CC'd. Is this real? Half, Can we I go mean, right half, now? Because like half the theater gays. That's not true. Like ten percent of the theater gays in New York are like, oh yeah, I love the Agonquit Playhouse. I I did two shows there after college. Blah blah. blah. That's hysterical. Yeah, they go to P Town. They go to Agonquit. It's a very, it's like, it's sort of, um, oh my God. maybe not the Fire Island, but it's definitely the, um, like, Rehoboth Beach of Maine. Wow. <laughs> I've never been, but this is all alleged. No, <laughs> we should go. Mm-hmm. All I want to do this summer is do stupid shit like that and just. It's uh, nice to go back to Maine and feel unique. Yes. Yeah. Like with your fake cigarette, like. Hello again, you know. I wish my parents still lived in Brunswick because it's it's like I would like to be there as an adult now. Mm-hmm. Although I went a month about a month ago and it took me like four hours and fifteen minutes to drive. I left on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. uh and it took no time at all, which mm-hmm. felt both upsetting and concerning and surprising all at the same time that it did not take very long to get there maybe it's not that far it's a it's more of a it's just like few people go in between those two things you know yeah new york and boston are a big thing boston portland are a big thing Mm -hmm. yeah maine is like in nova scotia right up 95 well, exactly. And it's also like, you know, we grew up in the very bottom <laughs> yes, part of it. Yes. So it's not like. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm driving to Maine up through Connecticut. It's like two lane mm-hmm. highway. Oh, Beautiful. yeah. The Mayor Parkway is my favorite highway. It blew so my pretty? mind. Blew my mind. Like it was rich. such such a gorgeous trip. Uh, the taxes must be exorbitant, but it's a beautiful highway. Um, Amazing. Okay. This is so great. You are so great. Uh, there are so many things. <laughs> That I want to ask you. This has been an incredible conversation. Um, the the very sort of final topic, which is like kind of the the French kiss goodbye here, is um, talk to me about Endurance Queen, and specifically, I I 
it is an explicitly queer project. And what I want to hear you talk about is um, when, when, if ever, did you start intentionally inserting queerness into your work? Has your work always been queer because you are gay? Uh, and I guess I'm I'm curious the most about intentionality and how that has formed, if at all, if it has just always been who you are and what you do. Um, that is what I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't do any sort of live performance until I went to college, and that's when I started choreographing. And I was like, oh, I can craft experience. I can shape space and time and bodies in a way that could be exciting. That took mm. the form of Gaga, like Lady Gaga, dance it like to her songs. And, and then I learned more about dance, got more conceptual, and then I learned more about performance art. And I learned, you know, performance can exist outside of a theater. It can exist in the world. It can be all these different things. And, um, and then when I moved to New York is when I started making like explicitly body art type performances and my first one was dieting exercising for 100 days and posting a photo of my body like a weird part of my body every day for 100 days and the final performance was me exercising and taking a mirror selfie of like my physique which was like the best it ever looked and I felt miserable Mm. um I was I think that particular performance I was there for I think that was the one that I came to see it was on like Broadway in in a building on Broadway yeah, my grad yes, school up the stairs. Mm-hmm, my grad school boyfriend and I, and I think that was. I so I'm having such like a weird body show because I remember that with the red heels. Mm-hmm. <gasps> you were in the audience for that. Mm-hmm. Any words? A masterpiece. Thank you. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it because I was also going through this moment where I was trying to participate in art both making it, doing it, watching it, being a participant as an audience member, um, and the whole, like, collection of pieces that night uh, was, like, exactly where my brain was in my, like, being 22 in New York, doing art and music. Yes. It's Um, very that. uh, But yes, please continue. Yes, 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 yes. Um, So, yes. And then I... um... I've always been a runner, and I, when I go on runs, if I go on a long run, when I'm done, I usually, like, I'm feeling like, pretty confident, like, the endorphins or whatever the chemical thing is, and I'll, like, do a run my walk down the street, like, in my head, or literally, or whatever. And then I've always wanted to run a marathon, and I kept going on jogs, and I'm like, this should be a piece where I, like, run a marathon, and then put, like, high heels on, and, like, do a run my walk, and, like, have someone take photographs. Um, and I, I didn't know... Well, I, and then it all just sort of like tumbled from there. I was going to do it in Central Park, four laps around, walk down the mall, and then it became okay. Well, I need to do this every year for 26 years. I'm 26 years old this year. When I'm starting it, it like makes too much sense. Every year I buy a new set of heels, like a new sort of costume that I put on at the end. Um, so I did year three this past year in Madison because I didn't want to travel for the because of the pandemic, and I did two laps around Lake Monona and then finished walking down the middle of the street, Martin Luther King Boulevard, to the Capitol building. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just think it's... Um, 
it feels important. I remember being 26 and wanting to commit to something. I think I told you before. I, I thought I would be married at 26. And yeah. when I sort of like was partnerless, I was like, well, I want to commit to something. And, um, and I just think it's so... Uh, I think it embodies a sort of queer experience of laboring alone repetitively for extended periods and emerging the other end and like asserting yourself in space and um, in, in, in a sense sort of like earning your own I was going to say earning your own invisibility which I don't I don't mean to say earning, but like asserting your own visibility. Like, because we can run a marathon and then put giant heels on and like walk and like continue. Hmm. And like, even if however many people see it or whatever, I mean, of course, it's going to be a gorgeous retrospective if you're 26. But, um, It's like a thing that I can prove to myself and something that says like this is what the experience of queerness is. It's like running a marathon every year, putting heels on and still looking great. Hmm. Hmm. Um Oh man, it's fine. I I cry on all my podcasts. I uh, I don't. I do. I do kind of. Sometimes I do. Uh, thank you, Dan, so much for your time. Oh my goodness, this was incredible. Um, I I we'll see. I gave you a little context um, in my email, but I I don't know when this will go live but um this was an exceptional experience and i'm thank you for being here and taking the time and for interviewing me when i started rambling (laughs) in the middle of this conversation um thank you for being my friend and for being an incredible queer artist uh gay person in this world uh, I can't wait to see you in person. I can't wait to see Endurance Queen live again. Uh, yes. Um, I'm going to link to Dan Talks in our show notes and some info on Endurance Queen. I'm going to link to the interview Dan and I did in October because I actually am a narcissist. Um, and also, it was a really good interview. I really feel like we got some places. Um, and... Uh, yeah so everyone like and subscribe and uh, thank you Dan so much this was exactly as wonderful as I expected but I am still feeling so incredibly wonderful about it so thank you